And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, oh, the moment when we are alone and we realize that things in our lives may not be the way we hoped. This is often called disappointment. Every person has experienced this along their earthly journey. Even Jesus was troubled. See John chapter 13, verse 21. But what if we had changed one letter, one letter to disappointment? What will we see? Disappointment may actually be a divinely approved crossroad. Next from disappointment, we roll into discouragement. We become disappointed, and then we feel the discouragement. There is an emotional impact. Our insides feel somewhat violated. And for too many Christians, this often leads to a grieving time and even a time and a trace of bitterness. We cry out, oh God, where are you? Just like the Psalms we were talking about. We believe he's there, but it appears like he's not there, but visiting Pluto. And then finally, have you ever heard the expression, it all comes down to this? Of course, there are many defining moments that we encounter as Bible-believing, born-again Christians. But there are those crucial moments that change our trajectory for eternity. And most of the time, it comes down to a single principle which launches a lifetime of greater faith and trust in the Lord. We will examine this principle. Let's do it. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve, so much more. Hey, hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call and you dial those numbers, that, that big number, 9, then that's 7, and then that 2. And then four and four again and five and then zero and then the seven and the seven and the zero again. That's when you get to Captain Chris and you know you're sailing in the right direction. And you could send him a pizza anytime you want. Is that true? I'm just making sure. Do you like absolutely. that? Absolutely. Okay. It's an absolutely, by the way, not even a partial. 
Here's the bottom line. Maybe you have a thought, an opinion, a comment. Maybe you have a prayer request or a praise report. Maybe you got something going on. Just want to share it. Just want to talk it out. Maybe you're just uh, looking for somebody to make sure that the people of God care and that you need to know that you're cared for and loved. All good. Reach out to us at any of those causes, and we will be glad to do the best that we can to encourage one another as we see the day getting closer. True or false? Going right into the true. Do you like that? Right, right into the True or false? The Bible tells us that the fruit Eve ate in the Garden of Eden was an apple. True or false? If you think you know the answer to that, you can call in at 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. It will not help you to send a paper airplane in our direction as we are in the inner part of the building and it will not get through the security door. So I'm just telling you ahead of time, trying that probably won't work. I mean, some people may still try. And oh, by the way, standing on your roof and saying, hey, David, also does not help. Okay? All right. Just making sure everybody knows. Are we ready? Get somebody's? Okay. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was great, and congratulations on your good report. Yay! Isn't that great? Love it, right? I'm so happy yes, about that. Yes, Thank sir. you for saying that. I appreciate that. Okay. Classic, straightforward, not using Hollywood or any paintings. <laughs> the Bible tells us the fruit that Eve ate in the Garden of Eden was an apple. True or false? That's false. You are correct, my now. <laughs> now, do you remember? We've talked about it before. Do you remember what I said? The fruit, fruit probably, not was, but probably was. Remember what I said? Oh, a pig? Nope, but that's an excellent guess, by the way. There's a oh. there's a consensus that it might have been a pomegranate. So just in that oh, area. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. I always thought that was weird because I'd be like, you eat the pomegranate and you like go, wait a minute, I'm spitting stuff out. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow that might have caught me off guard right there. But anyway, excellent job, and I'm glad you called in so much. All right. I hope y'all had a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Love it when she calls. She's so wonderful. All right. Uh, what was I doing? Where am I at? What are we? Are we back on the show? Okay. Yeah, I got to do this teaching. Don't forget that. All right, the show. It's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. Somebody said, you can't say that. 3,000 times. <laughs> so maybe I can. Okay. Uh, here, we're going to do something really different. As though that's different, since everything that we do is kind of different. I want to talk to you about this story uh, in 1 Samuel 30. We've talked about it before. I want to really focus in on what I want to drill down on one major principle. It's going to take me a couple of segments to get there. So you either can be patient or uh, God can teach you patience. I guess that could happen. You wouldn't like that. Or if you're a doctor, then I guess you already have patience. But we'll just move it straight forward. Here we go. Uh, let's just go straight forward on the background of 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel 30 has to do with King David. This is where Saul tried to kill David because he was jealous, and he knew that David was going to replace him as the king. 
So the David uh, had two opportunities prior to this first Samuel 30 text to kill Saul, like to, to stop that, right? He did not do it on either case. He had the chance for the revenge avenge, did not touch it. He did he went and he, to go live in the Philistine, the land of the Philistines, and to hide from Saul. He wanted to get away from him. Ashish, it's not Akish, which some people teach, and that's wrong. It's Ashish, one of the kings, takes David in. He questions him on a regular basis about what he's doing. Here's what people don't like, but this is what the text says. You can't change it. Don't don't try and justify it. Don't even try. David answered, We were raiding the Israelites here or there, but the reality is in scripture it shows that David was attacking Philistine outposts. So when David said we were attacking over here and over there, he was lying. Okay, you, no, no. Yes, he was. He was lying. Nobody needs to. You don't need to try and justify. It. He was lying. Okay. Uh, at AFAC, David uh, goes to the Philistines to apparently fight against Israel. I want you to catch this because they're going to attack Israel. And David's like, yeah, I'll go with you. But the other Philistine kings didn't trust David, and they thought that he would turn on them during the battle, so they sent him home. When you get to 1 Samuel 30, this is David coming home after being sent home. Okay? Is that pretty good? That's pretty good. Pretty straightforward. All right, it says this. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now, the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So there's some people that will say, well, that's because David was was willing to fight with uh, the Philistines against Israel. Maybe. Kind of seems a little thin there to me because nobody was killed. That seems like a high mercy moment. You know, like, how does they have that much mercy and nobody gets killed when they're raiding? I mean, that's not the norm. If you've uh, if you watched any Mel uh, Brooks movies, you know for sure that's not the norm. So the idea behind this is that they get back from being told they can't uh, hang out with the Philistine army. They get back there and their place is wiped. While they were gone, they were ransacked. And their wives and kids were taken. We would call this without a lot of dis- without a lot of disagreement. We would call this disappointment. Coming back and going, what 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 happened? And we do this with the Lord. Things aren't the way we hoped they would be for you and me. Either be it relationship, uh, circumstance, finances, uh, living situations, whatever the case may be, it's just not the way that we anticipated it. It's not the way that we pictured it in our mind. We got back there. It's as bad as it can get. And then you just like, you're like, what? And you're disappointed. And you're trying to, you try to walk through it and figure it out because it hurts. Because that's the real part of it. But again, if only our eyes would be enlightened, would we be so wise, right? All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Jonathan and David were closely knit, and David made a commitment to Jonathan, and Jonathan said, I I want you to make sure you're not going to take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my... Uh, people, and David made that commitment. What I want you to get in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan, and he was crippled, or he was lame. He couldn't walk properly. He couldn't, you know, function properly. He was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience, and just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it, the, the auditorium seated like about 5,000. So it's like huge, right? And he looked at, he looks around at everybody. And then he says this. He said, you are Mephibosheth. And I was thinking, what? <laughs> what? And he goes, you, and you know, I'm thinking in my mind, but he's just he's preaching. And he's a, oh, was he just one of the best preachers? You are Mephibosheth. You are lame and unable to walk without help. If Jesus was like me. It seemed like an Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our, 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 our next trivia question. Next trivia question. In Hosea, okay, Old Testament. Now, I'm telling you the book. So, H-O-S-E-A, okay? You can get to the book, if you can get the book. Look it up if you can. If you can't, I, I get it, okay? But try. What will you reap if you sow the wind? 
What will you reap if you sow the wind? Wow! See, we always use number two as either really difficult, really bizarre, you know, kind of like the stretched out there kind of thing. Uh, somebody already calling in. By the way, if you wanted to call in, which somebody already did, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. You are all being spared with uh, with graciousness uh, on my uh, brilliant jokes that are coming forward because somebody's going to answer the trivia. So you should just all be praising the Lord for that. Oh, we got somebody? Uh, okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. This is Will Rogers. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm good. I hope you're even better. I am even better today. I did get a very good report on my leg, so I'm very, 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 very happy I don't have to use crutches anymore. I cannot express to you in in the correct terms how happy I am. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, you sound happy. Yeah, I, I'm just like so, so, so blessed because of that. Okay, now this is a great trivia question, and some people might catch that it's got, uh, you know, it's poetically got some great elements to it, but here we go. And Hosea, what will you reap if you sow the wind? You sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. That is correct! Yes! Excellent job. Excellent, brother. Did you just know that for sure? I think of that as a tornado. Yeah. I just think about that. You sow the wind, you're going to get something back. It ain't going to be pretty. It's like it's going to be much more rough. Or you can look at it like you sow the wind and what's coming back is a thousand times greater. So it kind of depends on the context it's being used in. But what a great job. Did you know that? That's a tough one. Did you know that right off the bat? Wow. Yes. I am impressed, sir. I am very impressed. That's a great, great job. Wow. I'm telling you, you called right away, too. Thank you, brother. Great job on you that You have one. a blessed day, sir. All right. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Right. What an excellent, excellent piece of work that was. Great. All right. Let's uh, take it down a notch with the jokes. Here we go. Uh, one, two, three. Third one's pretty good. Second one's a little weird. First one's kind of old hat. <laughs> so there you go. Here's the first one. God is talking to one of his angels and says, do you know what I've just done? I just created a 24-hour period of alternating light and darkness on earth. Isn't that great? And the angel said, yeah, what are you going to do now? God said, I think I'll call it a day. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do with this one, but I have to read it just to get it off my piece of paper. A newly ordained pastor in the first days of his first call was attempting to console the widow of an eccentric man who had just died. Remember that eccentric man. Standing before the open casket, the nervous young pastor said, I realize this must be very hard for you, Miss Svensson, but just try to remember that what we see before us is only the husk, the shell of your dear husband, because the nut part has gone to heaven. Because the nut. Okay, because he's. All right, here you go. <laughs> this one, this one will redeem it a little. Mr. Green peered over his fence and noticed that his neighbor's little boy was in his backyard filling a hole. Curious about what the youngster was up to, Mr. Green asked, What are you doing, Jimmy? Tearfully, little Jimmy replied, My goldfish died. I just buried him. Well, that's an awfully large hole for a goldfish, isn't it? Mr. Green said. 
patting down the last bit of earth, little Joey replied, well, it's because he's in your cat. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> I'm going to get something for Aunt Deb on that one. Uh, <laughs> so we'll just move on now. All right, let's get back to this teaching. Uh, anything else we cover? Good, good, good. All right, great job, by the way. All right, so uh, what's going on? David comes back. He comes back to Ziklak after being told he can't hang around because the Philistines don't trust him, which is good. That I mean, they were probably more discerning. It's good they didn't trust him because he was lying anyway. So it was like, okay. So he comes back. The whole thing's a disaster. What happens when you get into a disaster that's not uh, taken care of, that's not uh, 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 dealt with uh, swiftly? This is what happens, and it's in verse 4. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 4. So David and his weapon his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. There becomes a point where in the emotional drain, you you are at the end. In fact, in the Psalms, there's a passage that says at their wits end. There just comes this point where there's nothing left in the in the disappointment process. Okay, that things are not the way we anticipated. Things are not the way we hoped they would be. That often leads to a discouragement, and the discouragement is the emotional part of disappointment. And the emotional part of disappointment is kind of like you feel like your insides have been torn up and ripped apart. And what's important about that is that, that, that for one, that's not abnormal or weird or anything like that. that that's kind of part of the process of, 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 of grieving or going through the process. And I know about the book where there are all these stages of this, that, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Everybody's got their own little thing that they sell. Uh, I mean, I just wish I would have thought of chicken soup for the soul just because, I mean, that's so Jewish. It's unbelievable. Anyway, so uh, David and his men wept aloud until they had more strength, no more strength left to weep. They poured it out. And uh, and I would tell you that in my lifetime, I've had a couple. Let's see, I've had a couple of times where the pouring it out was pretty significant. Where you just, uh, I've had the loneliness pour out, okay, which a lot of people identify with uh, when they've had uh, uh, difficulties. I've had the loss, like when my mom passed. Oh, my my mom thought I was the best. I thought she was the best mom. Uh, you know, I wish she was more Christianized would be the way I would say it, but she was a lot more, uh, Christianized than people think. Uh, but, uh, and then I have to tell you about, I had this wild dream like five years later, but I'll tell you about that some other time. But the idea behind all that is to understand that there's just this outpouring of your emotions where you get to the point where I ain't got nothing left. You know, I'm tapped. And I, I just I think that being able to acknowledge things like this is important. I think it's healthy to go, yeah, man, I was at the end. Because there is this point where you just got nothing left. And in this case, because we're talking about King David and his men, it led to this. And I just want you to catch this. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, okay? And David was greatly distressed. Okay, so now he's got something else that's going on. Because the men were talking about stoning him. 
because each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So David, who's really probably to the best of his ability, just like you and me, trying to just follow the Lord, <laughs> just so good to follow the Lord, comes back, okay? Situation is yuck, disappointment, massive discouragement comes in, right? So disappointment leads to discouragement, which leads to this next thing where the men are so upset they have to blame. And that's what people do. Why Job was fantastic is he didn't blame God, but what he did was he said, but I'm really good. I'm a righteous guy. So he kind of stepped above blaming, but made himself to be, you know, the object of uh, the, that who, who shouldn't be suffering it because he was such a good guy. This is what happens. You have a disappointment. That disappointment leads to discouragement, the emotional part of disappointment, and that it creates distancing, a bitterness— and you need to put the blame somewhere. Now, if you're thinking about marital relationships and difficulty with children and financial uh, disasters and all that, this would, this would be right. That would, all of that applies. This would be that exact spot. Okay? Now, you know, as Scripture uh, coordinates things for us, it's never going to be left there. But you need to understand that the Scripture doesn't forbid Christians from being human. I mean, there's a it's kind of a weirdness going on sometimes in the church where it's like, well, always be like this or always be like this. I can't always be like anything. In fact, the only thing I'm pretty sure I'm always doing is breathing. And my wife says I talk too much, so she's not even sure I'm doing that all the time. So the idea behind this is you get to be the human that God created you to be. One thing you should understand is the pain that you go through is no greater than the pain that God feels at the loss of his own creation. That might help you understand how well-connected God is to you in this process, right? After all, amongst all the pain, it was Jesus who, in a human form, demonstrated compassion and wept. Right? All right. We're going to take our break, and then we're going to come back. So you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. It'll be a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What is the David Spoon Experience? Anyway, that's not even the story. Let me tell you the story. Because it's so big, I cut the first third yesterday. And uh, that's the front of the house. And the back two thirds I'll do today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever that is. But it looks really good. All right? That's, so that's cool. Anyhow, there's uh, – so I'm cleaning it all up, and I've got the little electric weed eater and the little blower <laughs> – they're working. It works great. Everything's working great. And I have a stick. Now, this stick was there when we moved into the house, and it was a stick that went with a broken rake. And I don't know why uh, my wife and I have kept it in the garage for like 17 months. But I thought, this is ridiculous. I got to get rid of this stick. So I looked at the stick, and I thought, I could high karate this because it wouldn't fit in the trash can. Right, 
a little too long. You put it in the trash can, even on an angle, the trash can's sitting up about four inches, and you know it was windy yesterday. So if I did that, it would catch the wind, and you know, so I thought, nah, I can hide karate this. I'm strong enough. And then I thought, this is the kind of thing where pride really gets in the way. I got to be careful. So I did what any other guy would do. I took my two trash cans. I put the stick in between the two trash cans. I took a saw and I cut the saw half. I used the saw and cut the stick halfway through. So now I'm going to high karate this bad boy and feel good about it. Yeah, no pride here, right? How long do I got? Like a minute, two minutes? Perfect, two minutes. Watch this. So I cut it perfectly in half. I get my arm, my forearm, my elbow, and I go, hi-ya! And I high karate that bad boy. One part of the two-part sticks, okay, which is like kind of like a broom handle, hits the top of the trash can where it was sitting, kind of bounced on it, came up, and hit me right in the forehead. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I was really feeling pride right up until it hit me in the head. And then I realized, one, I couldn't have done it without the saw. And two, even with the saw, apparently I couldn't have done it (laughs) because the stick hit me back. I don't think that was very nice of it. And I will say it did end up in the trash and it went bye-bye. Welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. In John chapter 12, what must a grain of wheat do? To produce many seeds. What must the grain of wheat do to produce many seeds? If you think you know the answer, Joanne and Cordelia are really on top of it today. Uh, you can call us at 972-445-0770. You can also text us 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, David, at he must increase.org. And it is here that we redirect you to our website for many reasons, not the least of which is we need money. Yeah. I'm just telling you, anytime I have to do replay after replay, like we do the Thursday for Thanksgiving, Friday, and then uh, we had to do it uh, 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 the other day, like, you know, was it Monday? Monday, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It just seems like it's 9,000 years in this last, like, month. Anyhow, anytime that happens, the moolah goes, right? Uh, so I only bring that up because we need to help. All right, uh, but if you can't help, never worry about it. We're not trying to manipulate anybody. We're just trying to keep the thing going. That's what we're trying to do. All right, check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, hemustincrease ministry. YouTube, hemustincrease ministry. 
right, getting a lot of fantastic answers in, just so that you know. Uh, John chapter 12, what must a grain of wheat do to produce many seeds? Again, if you think you know the answer, reach out to us. In the meantime, I have in my hands the not-so-famous history. Let's go All right. Now, it is, uh, it's not difficult for us, and any time this happens, and I do know that it does repeat because of different calendars, but again, it's National Pie Day, and there's just no chance in the world I'm not going to go, okay, <laughs> they could do that once a week. I'd be like, okay, that's that's fine for me. I will tell you, uh, it's been determined by my wife because she's the one that's got to really help me with this. I, I am much more of a pecan pie guy than a pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving, and that's just what we figured out, so... I can't help it. I used to be a pumpkin pie guy, and then the ice cream, the whipped cream, but then pecan pie kind of snuck in there. So. Why not both? Well, there. See, now there's wisdom. Never complaining one way or another. <laughs> That's the way to do that. Today is World Trick Shot Day. They didn't tell me whether that was for um, pool, like when you play pool, because my grandpa was a 1939 billiards champion in Detroit, Michigan, or if that had to do with basketball, which I don't watch anymore because the I won't even – comment i just don't have the energy to spit it out uh, it's also eat a red apple day i don't know why it's eat a red apple day i actually like green apples but i also like red apples so i don't know why they had to pick on that but that's all right and then finally it's uh clark kent's birthday <laughs> it's what his real birthday his, well his birthday yes yes clark kent his real <laughs> You had a lot of time on your hands over the weekend, didn't you? You had a lot of nothing going on in the station, huh? I was here. You didn't come for Thanksgiving dinner. I know. <laughs> That's not very nice of me. Me and my crutches. The next time I come, I won't come with crutches. Uh, 1885 in this day, the soft drink Dr. Pepper was served for the first time. So you got it. I, I, I like Dr. Pepper. Sorry. And then uh, 1942 in this day, World War II national gas rationing in order to conserve gas and rubber for the war effort. The nationwide gas rationing in the U.S. went into effect. Uh, boy, that's just you don't even think about things like that. You know, it's like, wow. I think, let's see, what was uh, the lowest ration ration portion got to about, oh, I think about three gallons. Wow. Just so weird. All right, do we have somebody who wants to answer the trivia question? Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Stephen. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Stephen. How are you doing? Wonderful. And I'm not ready to die like the, the, <laughs> the, the grain is. However, that should be the right answer. That is correct, Amanda. Can I make one other comment about seeds? Yes, absolutely. Have you ever noticed that there's two different takes on the mustard seeds? One a very positive take and one a very negative take. <laughs> oh, I, you got to explain. You got to give me more. Well, the positive take is the one that's common, how it's it's grown. The negative take is when you look at what it's grown into as a reference to how we mixed the government with the faith and turned it into a religion, which is what Jesus tried to stay out of. Excellent point. I like it, and we'll make sure that that's, uh, that's noted. That was a great point to make. Good job on that. 
Good good work, my friend. That's good. Have a wonderful day. All right. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Excellent work. Ex- Everybody's having fun. I got people. And, you know, I got to tell you. So in the book, I just have to tell you, then I'll go into the two. In the book, it says, go in the dirt and die. <laughs> it's like, wow. Couldn't just go with the, you know, go die, go bye-bye, anything like that. You had to go, go in the dirt and die. Like, wow. That's just, wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's get back to the. The text that we're talking about. So we've got, let's just look at it. we got disappointment, which leads to discouragement. And again, discouragement is much more the emotional side of disappointment. There's a distancing that takes place, and it often takes place because when things are not going well, let me tell you, let's, I mean, try to be honest in it. There's oftentimes a place to drop blame or oftentimes an attempt to drop blame. It goes back to the garden. As soon as God confronted Adam, what did he do? Eve, she did it. It's her fault. God said, Eve, what'd you do? The snake, he did it. It's his fault, right? It's like a part of the sinful human nature. It's just, you got to drop it somewhere. Who wants to take responsibility? Nobody likes taking responsibility like that. So you get to this point where it's disappointment, discouragement, then there's this distancing and blame has shifted. But it is in verse six, in the last part of the verse, So what we often say is, Verses that are broken up in Scripture, we call them A, B, C, D, or E, depending on the length, right? So it's A or B, A or B or C, A or B or C or D, you know, that kind of thing. Like longer verses have longer breakdowns. This is a shorter verse. Uh, So we already did David was greatly distressed. Here's the last half of the verse. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Now, I want you to... I want you to understand that we talk about things that are principles to, to you know, that's not the hill I want to die on. That's not the thing I want. This is one that you do. This is one of the principles you want more than anything else. And that is this. After disappointment and after discouragement and after you go through the blame process. Okay? So after, 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 you have to make a decision. So you've got Disappointment, discouragement, distance, and decision. And it is at this point, in this principle, that everything in your faith is poured together and you must operate in. David found strength in the Lord is God. I would like to point out that the scripture is not clear as to whether God dropped on him his presence. We don't know what happened. There might have been nothing, or David just simply did what most people believe he did, and that's he just turned to God and said, I can only do this in you. And that's the decision I'm making. I can only turn my face towards you, my king. And ask you to help me. And I think that when David found strength in the Lord, most of us have been in enough situations, maybe softer, uh, certainly softer than this situation, but but been in situations we know that at that moment that we decide and we just make this decision, a determination, you know what? I'm going to find it in the Lord. I'm going to stay in the Lord. I'm going to turn to the Lord. I'm going to draw it from the Lord because he is the place that I need to go. That's where my help comes from. It is his lap I need to sit in. It is his hand I need to be on my shoulder. It is his favor. It is his grace. It is his deliverance. That's what I need. I'm going to find it in him. And then when that happens, there's a shift. 
And the shift is that you are no longer able to carry it because you already know you're 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 disappointed, you're discouraged, you're wiped out emotionally. You're just you nothing else, nowhere else to blame, nothing else to say. Forget all that. I just turn myself to you. Please help me. And at that point, there is a growing up that takes place in all of our faiths. And so you can know this process has happened to everybody from Adam on and that uh, who's, you know, genuinely towards the Lord uh, and surrendered towards the Lord. And that process just refines the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and the reflection of Jesus Christ to the honor and glory of the Father, whether anybody externally knows what's going on or not, is not relevant. You live for the author, not the audience. And sometimes the author will put you on the cover, and sometimes he'll stick you in the back on an unseen ad. Whatever the case may be, it is for him and not for others. And so you make this conscious decision to say, I turn to you. And that's what he did. This is why David's writings and this is why his life was, was, uh, it was fantastic. It was, it was magnificent because you look at this guy and all that stuff happened and he's like, you know, he just, he, he how easy he could have just shouted and cried and, and he's just like, you know what? That's it. Your turn. You're bigger than me. You take care of this. I turn to you. Right? All right. We'll take a break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Are you sitting there at home on your computer? Are you driving along in your car just listening to the radio? Is that app for this station working for you? Don't you wish you could reach people for your business? Introducing the Commercial Whammy. It slices, it dices, it cleans up dirty spots, lickety split, and makes julienne fries. And right now, for a tremendous discount, you can have a Commercial Whammy too. All you need to do is call KAAM or send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and BAM! You have your own Commercial Whammy before you know it. Call now and you can get a second commercial whammy for half the price. That's right. Call now for your very own commercial whammy. 972-445-1700 or email davidspoonmedia at gmail.com. Don't delay. Call today. Operators are standing by. My next guest has been on the show before with a prior book. I'm very excited to talk to him about this book. I've seen a couple of the interviews that he's done and this book is a great apologetic book on Christology, and I'm hoping that people will really enjoy this. First and foremost, let's welcome back to our show David Lima. David, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent book, by the way. Big props for writing The Thank True you. Jesus. Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. I, I know they give me a list, and I know you know they give a list for us to ask questions, but uh, if you remember from the last time you were on the show, I, I rarely look at that list. <laughs> so, no, that's good. Because yeah, I like to get from, from you as the author, you know, kind of where it was going and what you were thinking. So let's just talk about at the core level, you know, for the purpose of writing this book, what was the big goal you were trying to accomplish in writing The True Jesus? 
Well, I, I started out, I wanted to write a, a, a primer, a survey, an introduction to the New Testament. And as I got into it, I realized that I could not cover it adequately with sufficient depth. So I asked the publisher, Regnery, if I could narrow the focus to just the Gospels, uh, because the Gospels are where you see the living Son of God and you encounter Him, uh, and you, you sit at His feet and, and hear His teachings and you watch Him uh, and you observe his behavior and his authoritative teaching and his empathy for human beings, and you see his declaration of divinity uh, and why he, uh, he he led the the Jewish authorities to want to crucify him because he was in fact claiming to be God because he is God. And so I want his divinity and his full humanity to to jump off the pages uh, in of my book. And the book is a is a compendium of the four gospels in a consolidated account, not attempting to be a harmony, which uh, you can't totally do, uh, and in a roughly chronological form. The ultimate goal, and with with a running commentary, the ultimate goal is I want people, I want to inspire people to read the Gospels and the Bible for themselves. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I want to give a shout out to Deborah. She brought up that Marcus Lamb passed away yesterday from Daystar uh, Television, a Christian uh, television that's uh, been a blessing to millions of people. And so we just want to pray for their family. Just take a moment to pray for them if you just join me here. Father, we just come before you and lift up their family to you. We lift up Daystar as a, as a ministry. We lift up the Lamb family to you, and we just ask you to cover them with peace and grace and in a very tough time. And uh, we we know that uh, it uh, can be a challenge uh, towards the ministry, and we ask that you would bless the ministry and enable it to go forward without any reservation and that you would bring comfort and peace to the family, and we lift them up before you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we want to do that. And anytime you hear something, so I know this sounds crazy, but I think it's more I think it's more what the Lord has in mind. So when I'm driving down the road and there's like an accident, for real, I'm not kidding, and there's and not, not there's an accident because somebody's shoe is on the hood. I mean, an accident. You know what I'm saying? I pray. I just, Lord, let the. I pray that the, whoever that is, they're not dead, or, uh, uh, or they're, there's, you know, if they're, you know, really severe, that you would like reach out to. Them. It takes five seconds, and who knows if I'm driving by them at that moment for that, right? I don't know, but I want to make sure. So I think that's an important thing. Okay? All right. Got that. So make sure to keep them in prayer. Is there anything else? Oh, we got the trivia question. Did I do the trivia? I didn't do the trivia question. All right, let's do the trivia question because I didn't do that yet. Uh, in Isaiah 42. <clears throat> Where was that, Dave? Isaiah 42. Oh, good. Uh, what kind of read, R-E-E-D, what kind of read will the servant of the Lord not break? What kind of reed? Now, this is also referenced in the New Testament. What kind of reed will the servant of the Lord not break? That's a tough one, but 
That's sometimes that's how I do it. Uh, if you want to call in 972-445-0770. Actually, in this case, I didn't pick it because it was a tough one. It was the only one that made sense out of the last four that were left on the page. That's really what's going on. Uh, also, you can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, David, at he must increase. Dot org. So think of it, you know, it's referenced uh, in the New Testament. What kind of reed will the Lord not break? Okay? Think of it in those terms. That may that may help. All right. Okay. I want to make sure I get these last two points in wisely. And, and I have a problem sometimes doing that in these kind of, uh, I think, better teachings than I can ever teach it stuff. So in 1 Samuel 30, we have the situation, David's uh, and his men, disappointment. Then they go through the discouragement, which is the emotional aspect of the disappointment. There creates a distancing and a blaming, and that's uh, not even an abnormal process. But ultimately, it comes down to a decision, and that's the same thing that happens to you. It's the same thing that happens to you when the Lord is testing you, trying you. Whatever the case may be, there is a decision to rely on the Lord and to go that direction. You make that. You make the Lord your strength, okay? Some people say, well, in order for me to do that, I need to pray, or some people say I need to read, or I need to worship, or I need so great, fantastic, whatever, do it. That's all that matters. But now that David does that, there's an interesting thing that happens right off the bat. So verse 7, it says, David said to Abathar the priest, the son of Himelech, bring me the ephod, and he brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, the Lord answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. I think it's important for you and I to understand getting, understanding disappointment, understanding discouragement, understanding there's a little bit of a distancing, grieving and a bitterness that's taking place, understanding you've made a decision to find your strength in the Lord, that there is a dependence on the Lord at the beginning of this process. And by that, I simply mean this. In whatever fashion, I think prayer is probably the most obvious fashion, but you need to be dependent on the Lord. That means, wait, this is really going to really irritate a few people, that you don't say, I turn to you, Lord, I give this to you, I find my strength in you, and then you go and try and solve every possible angle because you still can breathe. Okay, that is not dependence on the Lord. Dependence on the Lord is, wait, actually watch, de depending on the Lord. Like, it's like going, here, I'll do whatever you lead me to, but I'm not going to do more than I should. And let me tell you, plenty of us do way more than we're supposed to. And if you're thinking, oh, that's not scriptural, just ask Abraham and Sarah how it went when they didn't wait around for the promise of God. They created Ishmael. Nice job. Anyway, the point is, and don't get the wrong idea, I love Abe, but the point is they needed to be more patient, but because they didn't, they created a problem. That's what we do right there. We just got to stop that, right? So there's dependence where David has this like, oh, need your help and so on and so forth. In the process of this, right, there was some distraction, which is another D, and that always happens. What was the distraction? David and his 600 men with him came to Bishar Valley when some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. So David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. Just so you can understand what's going on for David, he's moving forward in this process. He's dependent on the Lord. He takes his first step, and one-third of his men go, bye-bye, don't have the strength. Sorry, too tired. I just think, don't you think that's a, that's, I mean, what's, to, like, what a distraction. 
right? Once you make the decision to depend on the Lord, and once you've made that decision and you are dependent on the Lord, I can promise you there will be obstacles. I mean, I can guarantee it. I could write it. I could just underline it in this book and show you. But what happens in the end? Verse 18, David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or any other else thing that they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. As bad as the situation was, by the time God was done, David had more than he started with. It's just like, he didn't just recover. He got bonus. And it's like, how is that even doable? It's not doable by humans. But it is doable by God. So you had the disappointment, you had the discouragement, you had the distancing uh, from leadership. Then you have the decision. I am making a conscious decision to be dependent upon the Lord. No other direction. Then there's the dependence in whatever form of worship that's going to be, a promise to you that there will be spiritual distractions, but ultimately the deliverance. Where the Lord says, I brought you through. Got you back. Brought it all back to you. And you go through it, and you think, wow, that's like kind of like different stages. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like a recovery process. And I'm not talking about, you know, like a you know, serious recovery process from, you know, from addiction. I'm talking about a recovery process from a situation where the enemy is trying to destroy you and destroy your faith. And you made the decision to say, mm, no. What's that T-shirt people have? Not today, Satan. You know, it's like that's – I think that's great. I don't think you got to be arrogant about it because just keep in mind that every time Satan asked to sift somebody or to challenge somebody, God said yes. <laughs> be aware of that. Not afraid, but aware. But just look at that process. Disappointment to discouragement to distancing to decision. And that's the most important principle of all this stuff. Making the decision on where you're going to find your strength. And then dependence on the Lord, distractions from the enemy, but ultimate deliverance from the hand of God. And then there'll, there'll be plunder. I think, well, does it always work perfectly in all those sequences? Gosh, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, that's how it worked in this one, but I, as a, no, but I think you can look at it and how it ultimately goes from disappointment to deliverance. So what was that whole thing about the one-letter thing? The word disappointment. Is the Phil Kagi song. You can't miss it, right? Disappointment. Take the D out and put the H in, right? And disappointment becomes his appointment. It's not complex. Take the D out, put the H for him in, and disappointment becomes his appointment. And then you find out, hey, wait a minute, there's a plan in all this. And then you go back to our, our most earlier teaching in the second segment where we we're talking about David praying, enlighten my eyes. Show me. There's stuff going on all the time we don't know about. But isn't he good? Has he not walked you through? Has he not enabled you? And if he decides to call you home, is that not better? I mean, I'm just saying, to depart and be with Christ is far better. Not kind of better. Far better. All right?
Uh, trivia, right? Trivia, 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 trivia. Uh, I got to read it. <laughs> you think I did radio or something? What's the deal? All right. In Isaiah 42, what kind of reed will the servant of the Lord not break? A bruised reed he will not break. A bruised reed he will not break. I just think it's fascinating to see that even that, even all of those things, just compassion, compassion, grace, compassion, compassion. God is compassion, 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 compassion. I just think that's strong. Okay, last thing. I'll do a quick plug. Yeah, why not? Uh, on the website, there is uh, the two books. Uh, I did not say they were written masterfully or, or any other way, but nonetheless, they're there. So if you uh, would like to check them out, we would encourage you to do so. I think you'll like them. If you purchase the book and you don't like it or you dislike it, tell me, and I will refund your money without any questions asked. Oh, yeah, like I wouldn't ask you a question. All right, folks, you're listening to been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.